Hi, and welcome to Friends of Brother Adam. My name is Dennis, and I'll be your host for this evening. Today, we're going to be doing a little uh, catch-up and uh, Q&A. Um, I got a question from one of the uh, groups that I'm in, um, and we'll be covering that today. So, uh, before we get too far into this, I'd like to invite you guys to come visit me at Friends of Brother Adam at https colon backslash backslash lbry dot tv or you can also visit on odyssey o-d-y-s-e-e dot com as well you can find me at podcasts everywhere i belong to a podcast group that sends out podcasts uh royalty free uh to uh a whole bunch of different uh, podcast platforms so you can find me uh, usually friends of brother adam and um, if you would like to please make sure you uh, like and subscribe um, also i can use some help with a little bit of cash when it comes to uh, um, doing things i'm hoping to uh, get enough uh, um, money raised to buy myself a new computer to work the OBS so that I can do a few more things. Um, and uh, if you look at my um, picture, you'll see a little square there that you can uh, use to donate some Bitcoin to me. And I'd really appreciate it if you guys uh, have the means to and, and have found that my uh, podcasts have worked out for you and, and have given you lots of information to uh, send a little bit of Bitcoin my way. I'd really appreciate it. Um, we have a friend from Jennifer Poonkin Williamson. Uh, she asks on homesteading today, um, beekeeper friends, we know our bees died early this winter. We left feeders on during a cold snap, just checked and there's mold all over the frames in the hives. Think it's safe to eat the honey? Question mark. And uh, they also live in north of Charlotte, North Carolina. So um, that's going to be a little bit of the topic of what we're going to be talking about today. I have wonderful background sounds that are driving me nuts here. <laughs> um, we will be talking about um, salvaging uh, hives, hive equipment, and any of the raw products um, and uh, it, it's it's a topic that uh, no beekeeper really wants to talk about um, but we uh, unfortunately a lot of times um, our bees meet their demise and we have to do something in order to get the hives back up and running and ready for next year when we throw in our um, when we throw in our uh, a new package of bees so uh, let's let's look at first uh, um, Jennifer's situation um, she accidentally left on the um, feeders during a cold snap um, just some uh, quick education about temperatures and timing uh, unfortunately uh, nature never lets you know exactly when they're going to throw crappy weather at you um, so a lot of times it's good to be just a little bit early on your preparations. Um, what I do with feeding in the fall 
is when it starts getting to the point where we can start seeing anything below plus 10 uh, Celsius. So I'm not sure again what it is in, in Fahrenheit, but uh, uh, it's 10 degrees above freezing essentially what it is. I think freezing for you guys is 32. So I would say 10 degrees above that. So 42. Anytime you get to the point of 42 degrees, you might want to start thinking about, or, minus, or plus 10, you might want to start thinking about changing the method of feeding and going instead of with uh, a drip method um, or uh, a bottle that is stuck in the front of the hive <laughs> that the bees crawl underneath and, and take drinks out of the little punctures in the bottle. Um, instead of utilizing that method of feeding, I would utilize something called the camp method and that is putting uh, a shim on the top of your hive. So that's something that raises the lid up about, mm, about an inch or so, maybe two inches. Um, and then um, it makes it so that you can put stuff on top of the hive. Um, and then you'd put a piece of paper on the top of the hive, um, like newspaper. And then you would um, put your shim on top of that and you would leave about, I don't know, an inch at the front of the hive so that they can crawl up and get into this area. And in this area, you are gonna dump um, sugar on this area. So, so granulated sugar on the top. And you're going to give it a few squirts with water so that it gets uh, the liquid and the smell so that the bees understand what it is. Um, if you don't help them understand what it is, they will actually transport it and throw it out the door. <laughs> sometimes because because they just don't really realize what the crystallized sugar is so if you give it a, a few mists and, and get it a little sticky on the top they will start going up and start eating that and from um, plus 10 clear down to you know the minus temperatures as soon as it starts coming back up again and warming up again the uh, water vapor from the bees that has happened during their clustering will have gone up and will have been soaked into the sugar crystals and it'll make it kind of sticky and the bees will go up and, and munch on that. So <laughs> that's how um, I avoid this particular problem that Jennifer had. However, I, I understand totally that <laughs> Weather is one of those things that beekeepers uh, fight against constantly and sometimes you just get trapped in that. So what's happened in her hive is she has a bunch of honey that has um, been capped. But if you look very closely at the uh, pictures, you'll notice that the capping has mold on it. Um, that is not something that I would risk um, giving to humans. I imagine you could. I don't see anything wrong with it. However, just the fact that mold's involved, I just wouldn't even bother feeding it to the humans. However, feeding it to bees would probably be okay. They'd be able to go in and, and eat it and then take it back to their hive and and uh, change it a little bit so that it goes, it's not bad for the bees. So, um, if you were going to feed it to them during good weather, what you would do is you would cut the capping off 
and you can keep the capping because uh, the capping um, is going to be good once you separate the capping from the mold and we can talk about what to do about that later but you'll keep the capping um, and then just let the uh, the bees eat out the the um, frame that has been stripped of capping so if you do that then some of the other stuff that we talk about later you don't necessarily have to do but honestly the hive is in such a state that I would probably go through and uh, um, process all the products in the hive and get it down to the foundation the plastic foundation I would scrape off all the wax all the way to the plastic foundation I would keep the honey to feed back to the bees but I would not make it into uh, stuff for humans um, and I would take the capping and the wax that you've scraped off of the frames off of the uh, um, plastic um, on the inside of the frame on, on in between the frames there um, I would scrape off the plastic as best possible down to the little bumps that appear to be um, ridges that for the bees to uh, mimic to make their uh, larger uh, cells um, and I would take those and I would have uh, boiling water and what I would do um, it would be a, a like one of these black canning pots of boiling water I dip half of it in pull it out turn it around dip the other half in be careful not to burn yourself with that you might want to use uh, uh, oven gloves and uh, and protect yourself from being burned from the side that you just stuck in the boiling hot water but dip both sides in um, and what will happen is most of the wax will be just boiled right off you'll have to go through and scrape off all the rest of the stuff that didn't get boiled off but I would do that and then um, I would take this frame and I would go and stick it in some bleach water overnight just let it sit there and the bleach will eat at whatever gunk or muck is on there and then you can just take uh, um, one of those scratcher pads and just kind of scratch off any debris or anything that's left over and that totally and completely cleans off your your um, uh, frame and the uh, plastic uh, medium that you have there and um, what I would do is I would go and coat that again with wax so that they have a little bit of a a leg up and so that they're attracted to start making comb on that and you can either do that with uh, putting wax in and water in one of those black canning containers as well or you can take a crayon that you've made before uh, out of a toilet paper roll and you tape up the bottom and then you pour your wax into the toilet paper roll until it comes up to the top let it cure uh, pull the paper off of it um, just at the very bottom so that you're exposing a little bit of your wax crayon I would take your frames and rub that wax crayon over top of the uh, plastic foundation so that you have lots of wax there for the bees to start working on and it'll encourage them to start utilizing that particular frame again so that's just what 
some of the things that you do to rehab your frames. Again, your um, boxes, you're going to be um, doing the same thing. You're going to go through and you're going to... Um, uh, what I usually do is just get one of those kitty pools and I go and get um, two of those pool pellets that has the uh, uh, high chlor chlorination in it and uh, chuck the pool pellets into the kitty pool, fill up, up with water, wait a little bit, and then I just stick my uh, boxes in there, flip them over, uh, take a scrub brush and, and give her a good scrub on the inside and knock off any debris or anything on the inside. That way you've sanitized the inside of the box. Um, once you've done that, and, and probably the outside of the box too, um, when you do that, then um, it makes it so that you can um, put that back into production. But prior to putting it back into production, I'd consider maybe dipping it or again using your wax crayon on the inside of that box. Um, some people do put non-toxic paint on the inside of the box and uh, I guess that's good for some people. Me personally, I'd much rather use um, um, wax to coat it. Uh, you can also dip your uh, cleaned up hives in wax again and what that does is it it creates an envelope of um, hygienic surface so that the bees don't have to do too much to it they might propolize the inside of it as well just for kicks and giggles but uh, by dipping it in wax you're preserving the wood and you are um, preserving that uh, um, glue and um, nail or glue and screw um, frame from starting to wiggle um, and uh, starting to corrode or, or uh, get gunky in between the two joints there. So um, I enjoy waxing my boxes so that they stay a little bit longer <laughs> in service. Uh, your maximum time that you're probably going to be expecting out of your boxes is about five to seven years. So that's what you want to do. Another uh, idea for rehabbing or rehabilitating your um, uh, frames is after about three to five years of use, your frames can use some rehabbing. So you will take the frame out of production. You will scrape off the black um, uh, honeycomb off of it. And, and the reason why it gets black is first of all the bees masticate it and so anything that comes from the environment that the bees have had in their mouth it comes back into the hive and gets masticated into the wax and uh, the wax is considered the liver of the hive so every three to five years you're going to want to rotate your um, your frames out um, like we've talked about before you don't want to rotate them out too often because um, as they're making their their wax, it takes a lot of energy um, and a lot of honey to make wax. So it's six parts to one, six parts honey to one part wax. So you're really going through a lot of honey to get a frame covered. And usually frames are covered in the beginning of the year. So um, when you're rotating these frames out, just remember it's a lot of energy of the bees in order to make this um, this frame uh, and uh, put the cells on it and everything so just remember that um, but 
I would encourage you every three to five years to rotate your um, frames out. And how we make sure of that is when you put your frames into the hive new, you write a little on the side there in red uh, pen, you write uh, the date that you put it in and that way, or the year that you put it in, and that way in three years, you know, you need to pull that one out and, and change it out. Um, so rehabbing your frames is very important. You take it out of service, you scrape off all the wax. Uh, the wax again is black because of the mastication of whatever's in the environment and the bees uh, chew it up and spit it back into the form that they want it. Um, but also it turns black because of the cocoons um, that the uh, larvae um, create. Um, and the cocoons are kind of a black s a silk, like actually it's a brown silk. Um, but as over time, these uh, silk cocoons are um, rehabilitated by the bees they wax over top of them and you get several successive generations out of it three or four years of it and they, they start turning black so it's good to get that black comb out of the hive um, it refreshes the liver of the hive it also makes it so that uh, the diseases uh, are taken out of the hive so um, in the wax, you can have spores and other diseases mixed in with the wax. And so uh, um, it can infect the babies. Um, if there's pesticides in there or herbicides in there that the bees have brought back in their mouths, um, it can affect the health of the babies. Um, and queens love fresh wax in order to put their babies in. It gives them the best chance. And a queen will go to a fresh wax frame every single time. So just know that. Um, and when you rotate it out, you're actually doing good for the hive. You're, you're getting that, the yucky stuff out. You're allowing new stuff to be made and the queen to um, be able to have something new to put new babies in that and she'll enjoy it. Okay, so that's rehabbing old frames. We've talked about rehabbing uh, frames that have uh, mold on them. Let's talk about uh, something that happened to me um, and it was very unfortunate, but I managed to get some of my hives back after this. <laughs> um, I put my, I put 16 of my hives and all 16 pulled through the winter. I put them in a lower area in kind of a valley area. And because it was in a valley, it was protected from wind. It had its own microclimate, which was a lot warmer than the rest of the area. And I'm telling you, it was the best area, except in the spring, we had a one in 50 year flood and I flooded 16 of my hives and floated them down the creek. Now I quickly jumped into a, um, a dinghy with my brother and we, we uh, <laughs> paddled out to the, um, to the floating hives. Um, we had some bees still sitting on the top of the hives. Um, so we tried to rescue a few of them to, to bring them back. They were in the upper part of the hive. Um, I don't know if we rescued the queen or not. I can't remember. But, you know, we got a few bees out of it. But essentially, all, all 16 hives were dead. However, we rescued the woodenware and the wax in there. Um, 
And so when we brought it back to the, the bank and we pulled it out, um, all the beehives were still ratchet strapped onto the pallet that we had them sitting on. And they all just floated away just like that. All, you know, um, four of them to a pallet. So we had 16 there. And so we, we got them all back. We pulled them up onto the bank. I let them dry out. <laughs> they were full of muck and crud and grass and all sorts of stuff. So I just pulled them apart and I rehabilitated the hives by bringing out uh, a kiddie pool and throwing two pucks of chlorine in there, filling it up with water and every hive body got washed and uh, scrubbed down and you know, it was ready to go. Um, I didn't have the ability to um, um, dip them in any wax so I took out my wax crayon and I colored on the inside of the the uh, boxes um, and put them back into service right away I was hoping to utilize them as swarm catchers because you know I just got 16 of my hives dead <laughs> so because of my stupidity of putting them in the uh, uh, valley but uh, yeah and uh, so we rehabilitated the frames we took the frames out we scraped off all the wax uh, we scraped out all the babies which by that time had molded because of the wet um, we scraped out all of the babies and i i put all of my wax into a big huge honey barrel um, and so um, when the fall came i had um, wax in the honey barrel and a whole bunch of yucky um, mold and stuff like that so what I ended up doing to keep the wax um, I ended up uh, setting that barrel up on uh, several cinder br bricks I cleaned out underneath so that there was no grass underneath of it so that I wasn't starting a big huge grass fire and I stuffed um, some wood underneath there put a bird's nest under there lit it up and started a fire underneath the barrel. It blackened the, the honey barrel, but I didn't really care. It took the uh, nice coating that's on the inside of the honey barrel off, but I didn't really care. Um, and it warmed up the wax that was in there. I put some water in there as well. And what it does is the water sinks to the bottom and the wax comes to the top. And what, what I did as it started warming up is I just took a strainer in there and I scooped out all the gook and guck and, and mold and stuff and just kind of set that aside. Um, when you pull it out, it still is saturated with wax. So you're able to put it into another water bath and get more wax out of the gook and guck that you pull out so just kind of put it into a, a barrel or, or pot beside where you're working um, it's important to have a fire extinguisher out there because water and fire or as they were um, wax and fire causes a big problem <laughs> and so you need to have a fire extinguisher out there but essentially i just got it to the point where i was boiling the water and the wax and then I, uh, I let the fire die down. I had scooped out all the crud and crap out of there. And then what I did is I had um, several silicone uh, silicone brick molds out there. And so I just scooped it out, put it in the silicone brick mold uh, from the very top. Um, and then 
Um, as uh, it got cooler and cooler, then I stopped doing that and I just let um, a round um, barrel shaped <laughs> um, brick of, of wax form and uh, let it cool down a whole bunch. Came back the next day, I punched the middle of it, it cracked it in two and I pulled out the, the wax um, and set it aside. Um, wax needs to be uh, refined so it goes through several of these processes uh, usually the very top part of the wax is uh, uh, usually a, a lighter wax so that's why I dipped it off and put it right into the silicone brick making um, um, containers and then um, I flipped the silicone brick things over and I had some nice uh, bricks of uh, uh, wax um, and then I uh, put more water into um, one of the uh, black canner um, pots and uh, put the bricks back in and let it uh, oh and uh, be before I did that I turned the bricks over and scraped off the bottom because a lot of times um, you can't get all of the yuck out of there and when it forms up the um, there, the bottom of the wax has a bunch of crud on the bottom of it. So I scraped off the crud and put the scrapings into that uh, side bucket so that I could refine that later on because you can take more wax out of that. Um, so and then um, put it, put the um, scraped um, half barrel <laughs> pieces into a new pot, boiled it up again. Um, you know, dipped out my uh, bricks of uh, stuff, um, dipped out wax to put in the bricks mold, uh, brick molds. And then um, what I did is I had a bucket beside and I had some cheesecloth over that bucket um, with a bungee cord holding the cheesecloth on there. And what I did is I just dipped it in and poured it in through the cheesecloth. It poured through the cheesecloth. Of course, the cheesecloth retained a lot of wax. That cheesecloth was later boiled um, to, to get back some of that wax that we'd lost. But what the cheesecloth does is it catches the particulate matter in the wax and uh, it makes a, a lighter wax. Um, most times this wax that you're recovering is going to be brood nest type wax, so it's a darker wax. Um, you can clarify that, that darker wax into a, a lighter yellow wax, but it takes a lot of work to get that done. Um, you can do that. I don't usually. I usually sell two different types of uh, um, wax. I sell uh, wax that is yellow wax that usually comes from uh, first year frames and from uh, burcomb and, and stuff like that, that that forms underneath the frames or that uh, goes in between the frames that you have to shave off. So that's my yellow, yellow wax. And I tell people that that wax is good to be used for things like makeup and stuff that you might ingest um, or like put on your lips, that kind of stuff. Um, and then the brood wax is stuff that I usually say, hey, why don't we use this for things like uh, Ukrainian Easter eggs um, they, they take the wax and they color it black anyways. So, 
doesn't really matter if it's brewed wax or you can use it for candles you can print it with the uh, um, comb uh, um, imprints on it and make it look nice and pretty spiral it around in a circle around a wick and voila you got yourself a candle so those are the ways that we usually rehab the the, the products in the hive um, um, usually when you're rehabbing or rehabilitating a hive you're not going to be utilizing any of that stuff for human consumption human uh, putting in makeup um, putting in lipstick uh, or lip chap you're not going to be putting anything that you're rehabbing towards the human body it's just uh, uh, something that you would do to assure yourself that you're not going to cause yourself problems right so but they can definitely be used for candles they can definitely be placed for the bees to to snack on to eat out the honey that's left over from um, a molded frame um, just make sure you take the capping off and and they'll do the rest uh, or you could as you're scraping it out just set it out for the bees in a big pile of scrape and uh, they will go and munch on that and clean it out as well. Um, don't be <laughs> surprised that you're attracting all sorts of bees and, and wasps and everything. I've seen bumblebees snacking on my, my honey leftovers. I've seen wasps. I've seen hornets. I've seen all sorts of things coming for a little sweet treat. Um, and, uh, of course, my bees as well picking it out. So... Um, that's how we rehabilitate uh, frames and hives. Um, if you have any questions, please get a hold of me. You can contact me at fatbeehoneyranch at gmail.com. Um, or uh, you can also um, um, leave me a message on the library platform as well. Um, However, I do check my mail a whole bunch more than I, I take a look at the library platform. So anyways, I wish you guys well. If you have any questions, again, get a hold of me. Um, anything that I can do for you guys, uh, any uh, stuff that I need to include in a new podcast, any material or anything like that, please give me an uh, email or I guess just contact me in the groups that I'm in. So <laughs> anyways... I really appreciate you guys listening and we'll talk soon.